Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. God is good. If God's been good to you, say praise the Lord. Type it in. Praise the Lord. Make that loud and clear. Amen. Because God is always good. Amen. No matter what season we go through, God is always good. Praise God. Praise God. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started. Amen. So, uh, good evening. Good evening, uh, Mission Ebenezer, and uh, welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. Um, I'm Pastor Manuel Figueroa, and tonight uh, we will begin our study uh, in in the book of Second Timothy, uh, starting with chapter one. So, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and uh, open up your Bibles to Second uh, Timothy, uh, chapter one. Chapter one. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. We just we just closed out First Timothy. Um, uh, last week, and uh, now we're in Second Timothy. Uh, I've been enjoying our journey through uh, uh, Paul's epistles. Been learning a whole lot. Uh, Paul was a, was a was a, a man that was all about service. Amen. He was all about fulfilling God's calling, and we're going to see that uh, as he as he uh, as he uh, uh, writes this letter to uh, to Timothy, the second letter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, Second um, Timothy was was uh, Paul's final uh, epistle. Okay, uh, and we often we often place you know special importance uh, on people's uh, famous last words. I remember uh, in the in the Marine Corps, we were always given uh, uh, the task, but we were always taught to to obey, right? To obey the commands given to us, especially uh, the last command. You know, and I say the last one because. Um, a lot of the times, you know, when you're when you're someone who whose rank is low, like let's say a private or even a, a private first class, even a lance corporal, you know, uh, you get orders from everyone, from from officers, from non-commissioned officers, from those that are above uh, your rank, right? And so sometimes it's hard to to uh, uh, to stay caught up with all the orders given to you coming from many directions, and so. Uh, one time I had asked um, uh, one of my officers, uh, asked him, well, uh, what, what do we do if we're given so many, so many commands and so many orders? What do we do? You know, uh, whose command do we do we obey first? And and uh, one thing that really stood out to me and I always carry this with me was that he always says, you know, always obey the last command given to you. Remember the last command given to you because that's the freshest, you know. And so it's so true, and I've always used that, even even like with the Word of God, right? So if we apply this to the Word of God, uh, what was the last command that Jesus gave His disciples, right, before He left? And and we read this, you know, in, in, in Matthew 28, 19, right, which is what we call the Great Commission, which says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always into the very end of the age. So so that was the last command that Jesus gave his disciples, right? To go out and to make uh, disciples of all nations, right? And so Paul Paul was, was one who always made disciples. When, when, when Jesus called Paul into the ministry... Paul was one who went out and, and and he and he made disciples everywhere he went. Amen. So, uh, with that being said, you know these right here, this this letter to 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 Timothy, the second letter to Timothy, are are the last words recorded by Paul. Right in Second Timothy, Paul expresses 
um, his belief that that he would die soon, right? That his journey um, as as an, as an apostle was almost over, right? So Paul had been um, in prison in Rome before, like around 61 to 63 AD. And most scholars believe uh, that he uh, was temporarily released and then uh, uh, traveled on another missionary journey before uh, being in, uh, arrested and imprisoned again. So, so we learn that in Acts uh, chapter 28, <clears throat> that Paul's first uh, Paul's first imprisonment was was house arrest, right? So he he uh, he still enjoyed some amount of freedom. Okay, now 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 that he's locked up again, this is around like sixty six to sixty seven A.D. Paul is in prison again, uh, and and this time he 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 he's going to show us that he's in chains, right? He's locked up. You know, he's he's showing that his second imprisonment. Uh, is much more severe than his first. So we also see that as we as we read in, into this letter that that Paul is lonely, right? And he's and he's longing to see uh, his brothers and his friends, and he's and he mentions that that Luke is with him, right? And that he asked for for Timothy to 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 come quickly because he wanted to see Timothy. So here Paul, um, at the end of his life, you know he's 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 no longer allowed uh, to travel. On, on long missionary journeys like he used to. But yet, we see here that his service still continues. And that's what I love about Paul, because Paul didn't, he didn't allow anything uh, to, to stop him from continuing his service to the Lord. Amen? It didn't matter whether if he was shipwrecked. It didn't matter whether if he was locked up in a prison cell. It didn't matter if he was beaten. Paul did everything that he could to to serve God, right, and to fulfill the calling that that God had on Paul's life, Amen. So we know that 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 his that his service continues even while he's locked up. So we also know that Paul's heart was all about making disciples, Amen. This this had been like like the core of of his ministry for many decades, right? So now that he's nearing his death, uh, the importance of of discipleship was magnified magnified even more. I mean, think about this. Here Paul is is facing death, okay? Here Paul it, it, he finally realizes that listen, I, my time is up, you know? And yet he doesn't waste any time. To him, this is like crunch time. It's like, man, I got I got to do as much as I can you know, before I take my last breath, you know what I mean? So, so to him, as he neared his death, right, as he was coming close to his death, the importance of discipleship was magnified even more, amen? So Paul's, Paul, he knows that Paul's, that his disciples would carry out the ministry of, 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 um, the ministry of reproduction, amen, after he left, because, and because he made, uh, uh, disciples effectively, right? Like, like when he trained up, you know, men like, like Timothy, right? He knew that, that the work would continue even without Paul. Amen. So that, that's what Paul was doing. Paul was about duplicating himself. Paul was about, about making sure that those that, that he, that he brought up in the ministry, those that he, that he uh, taught, right? Uh, the word of God. He wanted to make sure that they were able to carry on the work even after he passed. Amen. So in this book, uh, we're going to take a look at the final instructions that Paul leaves um, his dearest disciple. Amen. So before we do that, why don't we go ahead and bow our heads and let's open up in prayer so that God uh, will bless this time of Bible study. Amen. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you uh, for this day, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to come together for Bible study. Uh, we're so grateful, Heavenly Father, that we have your word uh, as a lamp to our feet and a light uh, to our path, Lord. And so as we um, uh, open your word, Father, we ask that you would open our hearts, uh, that you would open our minds, um, and that you would open our understanding, Father, to the treasures, Lord God, in Scripture, Lord. Bring, uh, that would produce fruit, Father, bringing you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, Father. So we pray all this in the matchless name of Jesus, and let all of God's people say, Amen, Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's go ahead and go to verse 1. Verse 1 of chapter 2 of Timothy, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So we see here that Paul, as he usually does, he identifies uh, uh, as an, he, he identifies himself as an apostle, right, and an and authorized uh, messenger of Christ Jesus. That word apostle means one who is sent. Amen. This is and this is so significant because Paul never applied for this job, right? Paul didn't seek you know apostleship. Paul Paul wasn't even one of the original twelve disciples, right? Um, and, and yet Jesus appears to Paul. Amen. Jesus appears to Paul personally and he and he commissions him to be an apostle. So Paul served um, uh, in this role because it was God's will. It wasn't Paul's will. It was God's will. Amen. And then he says, according to the promise, right, according to the promise, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, what do we, what, how, how do we accept a promise? Right. Um, we do it by faith. Amen. That's that's the only way that we can uh, obtain um, e eternal life, right? God offers the promise to us as a gift, and we accept the gift because we believe the giver, amen? So the Lord Jesus, right, gives us eternal life when we trust Him as Savior because what did He do? He paid the penalty for our sin, amen? So when we believe, when we believe in Him and come His way, amen, we honor Him. Amen. And so the promise that 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 the, the, the of, of life, which is in Christ Jesus, makes it clear that through Christ is the only way to get eternal life, right? And so verse two he says to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now now Paul greets Timothy as his as his uh, dearly beloved son, right? Because Timothy uh, was a great joy. Right to, to he was a great joy to Paul, and this this young disciple uh, was one that, that 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 traveled with with Paul preaching and teaching the good news, and and he became Paul's assistant. Amen. He became his right hand man. He traveled with him all over, and sometimes even traveled for him. Amen. So this this right here reveals the special um, relationship uh, that 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 had developed between these two. Amen. It was like it was like a father and a son. And so most scholars believe that Paul never married, right, or had children. Uh, uh, Timothy was like uh, was like what we call um, the son that he never had. Amen. So this kind this kind of son, um, I believe that every man should aspire to have, right? It, it's a son who 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 loves God, right? It's a son who 
who shares um, the same vision. Amen. A son who who can do ministry together um, with the father. You know, um, one of the things that really impressed me when when I first came to the mission was was seeing the relationship between um, Pastor Isaac and his sons, you know, uh, to sit down and, and, and to witness the love uh, between a father and his sons, you know, to see um, the agreement in, in the vision and direction for the church, you know, to hear the, the conversations about uh, the word of God being shared with, with one another was definitely something that I learned on how to be with my children. Amen. So then he goes on to say, grace, mercy, and peace. Wow. You know, in all of the epistles, right? In all of the Pauline epistles, first and second Timothy are the only ones that will find the word mercy. In all of the other epistles that, that, that Paul has, they all start off with grace and peace. And, and I think, and I think the reason why he starts off, you know, with, with, with first and second Timothy with mercy, is because I think that he's doing what every parent should do, right? That's praying God's best for your children, right? I mean, how many of us believe that God is merciful, right? We serve a merciful God, right? Especially when he doesn't give us what we deserve, right? What do we deserve? We deserve judgment. We deserve condemnation, right? But instead, God gives us what we don't deserve. Praise the Lord, right? He gives us um, grace. He gives us mercy. He gives us peace, right? So we're fortunate. We're fortunate that God is rich in his mercy toward us. Amen. Someone say amen. All right. Verse three, it says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Verse four, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Amen. Verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith with, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. So here we got Paul who is locked up in prison, locked up in a, in a, in a damp, Roman, disgusting cell. I mean, when I was reading up on this, uh, they, they, they were describing the cell as being all the way at the very bottom with just a little hole on the top, you know, so... I mean, Paul was by himself, you know, and so here Paul was in a position where he could no longer preach. He could no longer travel, but he could pray. Amen. And he tells him, he says, I constantly pray. I remember I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. How many of us know that discipleship is not that easy? Amen. It takes a lot of hard work and effort. Right. One. One of the most important um, uh, areas of discipleship is prayer. Amen. Prayer, prayer is what goes on behind the scenes that the disciples may never see or know about. Amen. But prayer, uh, perhaps, is the most ingredient of all. Right. Paul goes on to say, he says, "I'm longing to see you." Right. We see that that just by reading this, we see that Paul had a close relationship with Timothy. Right. So when he didn't see Timothy, he missed him. He, he, he enjoyed being around him. He enjoyed spending time together with them. Amen. So that, that, that goes to show us that discipleship is also a time investment. Amen. It's not something that's quick. It's, it, it doesn't happen automatically. Right. So we should never view uh, discipleship as a burden. Amen. Because I know that there's some people, you know, that are 
what we call naturally introverts. Amen. I mean, we might we might find it easier to isolate ourselves, you know, and, and, and spend time with ourselves rather than others. And I've heard people have said, you know, that they're not, you know, a people person. Well, guess what? God wants us all to be people persons, right? He wants us to love people, right? He said we should love people. That means that, that, that the love that we have toward people um, should motivate us, amen? It should motivate us to spend time with them. And then when we do spend time with them, right, then we should, then we should uh, 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 um, use that time, you know, to invest spiritually in their lives, Amen. So it takes time. It takes it takes effort. It takes it takes love. Amen. And Paul right here uh, was reminded of, of of Timothy's strong and sincere faith in Christ. Right. Which 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 was inspired uh, by his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. Wow. When I when I read this 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 right here reminds me of of how important uh, it is to have a godly heritage. Right. Uh, to a family. Amen. I mean, some of you may have been blessed with a godly heritage, right? Who have who have blazed the way before you, teaching you the gospel and praying for you, right? That's something to be grateful for. I mean, I'm I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I had parents that taught me the word of God when I was a kid. Amen. They taught me something that I can in turn turn around and teach my kids. That should be our desires to raise up our our kids in the same way that we were raised up by those before us, by our parents, amen, in the word of God. Why? Because the family, the family unit is God's first, right? It's God's first foundational institution for the transfer of the faith, amen? So that means that when the family fails, that means that the culture fails, amen? So, and Timothy's mother and grandmother also also show the, the, the powerful influence that women can have in the life of, of a young man, right? Because some, sometimes we have young men that, that, that don't have daddies, right? Sometimes daddies fail, and then daddies aren't in, in the lives of these young kids, right? And to have a, a mother and a grandmother with a godly influence to raise up this young man, is that something powerful, amen? So... So and, and and it even serves also as as a as a, a reminder also that that women can raise up men in a powerful way should their should their uh, fathers be spiritually inactive, you know what I mean? I love it when when women step in, you know what I mean, and they and they right away start you know raising up the kids you know in a godly way should the man you know not step up to the plate, amen. So praise God for godly mothers and godly grandmothers, amen. Somebody say amen. Because you know what? Look, it's it's critical that parents and grandparents pass on their faith. Amen. It's critical that we as parents pass on our faith, both not just in word, but also indeed to the next generation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse six. Verse six says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse seven, for the spirit of God gave us not uh, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Man, you know, complacency can be a dangerous thing, believers. It can be a dangerous thing for believers, especially believers who grew up in Christian families, right? When we look at a new believer, we, we often see 
uh, the excitement, right? We often see that they're real excited and they're zealous for Christ. But sometimes after a few years, um, they end up losing, you know, some of that excitement and passion. Sometimes their relationship with God or with ministry becomes stale. Amen. And so Paul right here was afraid that Timothy might be experiencing this, right? And he urges him to rekindle, rekindle that spiritual gift that he received, right? So Paul was in, encouraging Timothy to persevere. I mean, Paul, I mean, Timothy could not be passive about his spiritual gift, right? And neither can we. So instead of asking Timothy to, to start a cold fire, right? Or to restart a cold fire, uh, Paul encourages him to, to fan the young fire that, had, that that he had and 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 to keep it full of flame amen and this this right here is so important because in this day and age uh, there are many who face trials and obstacles in ministry and and are quick to dismiss their calling right and they go looking elsewhere because you know it, it so-called looks or feels better and Paul is saying right here listen man you don't need new revelations or new gifts. He only needed to fan the gift of leadership that he already received, amen, as well as to have the courage and the self-discipline for holding on to that truth, right, for the days to come, because the days to come are going to get hard. And this is a message uh, and an exhortation, right, for all of the body of Christ. I mean, I've heard many excuses from some believers as to why they're not fulfilling their calling in ministry, right? And that's exactly what it is, excuses. Because you see, when Timothy here, when he uses his gift, the Holy Spirit would go with him, right, and give him power. Why? Because God never gives us a task to do without empowering us to carry it out. Amen? I mean, in, the, in other words, God is the one who qualifies the call. Amen? But, all, but God also intends that, that we develop, right, that we develop, that we keep fresh, that we keep vibrant, um, the gifts that he provides, right, to the benefit of others, amen, so we, if we fail to do so, we are going to be held accountable, amen, verse 7 says, for the spirit of God, for the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline, so here, Timothy, he struggled with fear, he struggled, he had that spirit of fear, man, he was scared, right, and as we covered back in, in 1 Timothy, and if you remember, he experienced constant opposition. Opposition to his message, opposition to himself as a leader. So this timidity probably resulted from a variety of factors, right? A variety of factors, including uh, his personality, right? Uh, persecution, um, false teachers, even the burdens of ministry, amen? And... and um, and, and maybe even also the lack of, of, of maybe strong male influence when he was growing up, right? A lot of these could have played, played a factor. So, and my question is, how many, how many of us have used um, excuses like these to quench the fire? How many of us have, have allowed excuses uh, 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 to bring fear, right? Such as, I don't know my calling. How many have heard that? I don't know my calling. Or, 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 or what if people get offended or... What if I get rejected? Or I don't know what to say. And so Paul right here, he's, he's, he's a, he assures Timothy and us that fearlessness does not come from God. 
It does not come for God. Rather, what he's telling us right here, that the Holy Spirit, right, he provides power. How many want power, right? In other words, we don't need to have powerful personalities. No. God gives us the strength, right? He gives us the strength of, of, of character and, and, and confidence that, that wins us the respect, right? When we face opposition, as we speak, as we preach, as we, as we live the truth, amen? I mean, God, God supernaturally, he, he, he replaces any timidity on the servant's part with boldness, amen? I mean, we have a great example in Pentecost. Pentecost is a great example, right, of, of the power that, that we can receive from the Holy Spirit because before Pentecost, the disciples found it hard to do easy things. But yet after Pentecost, they found it easy to do hard things. Amen? How many of us want boldness? How many of us want power? Amen? I know I do. But along with power, He gives us love, right? God gives us love to accompany the power to speak the truth for the listeners, church, for both believers and non-believers alike. In other words, Paul, I mean, uh, uh, love um, uh, separates. It separates us from, from the world around us. Amen. It separated the minister from, from, from false, uh, uh, um, false teachers, right? And, and, and because we know that the false teachers, right? They didn't care for the flock. They still don't care for the flock. They didn't care for the flock back then in Timothy's days, and they don't care for the flock now. They're nothing but wolves in sheep's clothing, right? But when you look at a minister of Christ, a shepherd of Christ, right? A shepherd of Christ is called to care for the flock, to love the flock, right? Jesus told Peter, he said, if you love me, feed my sheep, right? So we can't dismiss love, amen? Along with that, he gives us self-discipline, right? This can also be translated as uh, self-control or, or a sound mind, right? So so in order for us as leaders, right, as ministers, as, as shepherds, right, right? Uh, 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 um, for us to lead uh, 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 the flock, for us to lead other people, right? We have to show that we can control ourselves, right? Sound mind, self-discipline, amen? In other words, to put it another way, uh, we got to have a cool head, you know what I mean? We can't be, you know, people that lose their minds, you know what I mean? We got to have a cool head. So all these qualities, you know, that that, that the Spirit gives us, right, are, are resources that we have to fulfill the ministry, Amen. How many of us know that we cannot fulfill the ministry without the work of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit has to be the one to guide us, has to be the one to lead us, has to be the one to teach us. Amen. So these these sources, right? These these resources uh, uh, from the Holy Spirit are, are are for all of us. They're available for all of us, right? The power to to use uh, uh, our gifts, the love. Uh, for those who benefit from them, and the self-discipline to to be able to apply these gifts the right way. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to verse uh, verse eight. It says, "Do not so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, His prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God." So right here, we're talking about suffering, right? We're talking about we're talking about Paul be, Paul suffering, and this is another thing that that probably uh, could have added to to Timothy's timidity, amen. Because in this time uh, of mounting uh, persecution, Timothy may have been struggling with fears as he uh, continued to preach the gospel, amen. 
his fears could have been based on on the fact that uh, believers were were being arrested and executed. And I'm reminded of of the fear that fell on the disciples when Jesus was arrested, when he was tried, and when he was killed on the cross of Calvary. The disciples scattered out of fear of being executed because they were associated with Jesus. I mean, remember that Peter even denied knowing Jesus out of fear. Amen? How many of us have denied Jesus out of fear of, of being ridiculed by by our family or or our friends, right? Or by those that, that we should be trying to, to win for the kingdom of God. Amen? How many of us have, have denied the fear because society is moving in a different direction? You know, when, when a witness is summoned to court, right, but refuses to testify, he's held in contempt of, of a court, right? He's held in contempt by the judge. So when you and I stand before Jesus, right, will he hold us in contempt of court because we refuse to testify? Amen? I mean, Jesus said in John 15, 18, he says, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. And he goes on to say in Luke uh, 6.22 Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. And then he says in Mark uh, chapter 10, verses 29 and 30, he says, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and field, along with persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. So, Paul was echoing what Jesus was saying, amen, that there will be persecution and tribulation. And I believe that Paul writes this letter to Timothy, and to us, for that matter, right, for the purpose of of seeing a progression, right, of spiritual growth in our lives despite the suffering. Amen. Paul knew that the Christian life would not be easy. In fact, he went from city to city strengthening the souls of the disciples, right? He went strengthening and exhorting them to continue in the faith, right, and saying that we must through uh, many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So instead of of, of becoming fearful or bitter, Paul encouraged joy and faith. And we believers need to understand why we suffer in this world. Amen? Many people have the mentality that Christians are not supposed to suffer. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us in John 16, 33. This is Jesus saying, He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So you see, church, every every child of God may have to go through the fire of affliction. Amen? Before And before Jesus returns, right, for, for his church, things are going to get extremely hard. They're going to get tough. And I believe that, that, that suffering can bring a real, um, a real depth, right, to the person's commitment to Jesus Christ. We believers, when we have hope, we have hope and, and joy in knowing that all things work for His glory. Amen? Remember Romans 8, 28. But however, if we do not comprehend the perfect will of God in our suffering, then we're going to be fearful and bitter. Amen? And so without the love of God, without the joy and the love of God, 
we can become offensive, right, to people. So Paul was sure of, of his hand, of, of, of God's hand in his present situation that he uh, was, was in prison for Christ. Paul told Timothy, be ready to suffer. And eventually we saw that Timothy did suffer. Right, Timothy would be would be jailed for preaching the gospel according to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter thirteen. But Paul, right here, promised Timothy that God would give him reliable strength, remember power, right, and that he would be able to endure it when suffering came. So when when believers right undergo suffering, we don't need to rely on our own strength. Amen. We don't need to rely on our own strength for survival or for sustenance. No. Instead, God gives us the power and the strength to endure. Amen. How many of us want power and strength? Right? Praise the Lord. I mean, look what David says. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Amen. So keep let's keep that in mind. That when we face our darkest valley, when we, when we go through a time of darkness in our lives, let's remember that God is with us. Amen. Even though sometimes God may may seem silent no he's there he's there with us praise god amen verse 9 says he has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace this grace was given us in christ jesus before the beginning of time verse 10 but it, it has now been revealed through the appearing of our savior christ jesus who has destroyed death praise god and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Woo! So why should we be willing to suffer, church? Why should we be willing to suffer for the gospel? Because through it, God saved us. Amen? We didn't do anything. It wasn't according to our works. It was all God's grace, right? Which came through Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. We know that God in His love planned this. This is what it says. He planned this before time began. And, and and through the sacrificial atoning death of Jesus on the cross, death was abolished. And we now have immortality through the gospel. Praise God. Hallelujah. There would be, I mean, keep it, look, there would be no gospel without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, right? That he did, that he made for our sins. Amen. I mean, even, even, even the possibility, the possibility of death should not nullify uh, an effective ministry since it no longer pertains and no longer has any issue, right, for, for us as believers. I mean, we know that all humans must die, yes, but death is not the end, amen? I mean, we believers are given eternal life at the moment, at the moment of salvation, right? We believers are immortal, right, of necessity of, of dying physically, yes, but not forever, right? The Bible says that we will rise again, and this is the mystery this is the mystery that our Savior, that Jesus, brought uh, to light, right? Through the good news, through the gospel, amen? So God is worthy of our complete faith and commitment, right? Because He chose us, He called us, He saved us. He did all of these things for a reason, amen? But you know what, church? He wants us. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to use our lives for Him, church. So hiding and, and, and running, you know, when things become difficult, that right there is a waste of the gift that God has given us. Amen. So let's, let's, let's live holy lives. Let's trust in Jesus. Amen. Verse 11, it says, and of this gospel, I was appointed a herald 
and an apostle and a teacher. Wow. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. So Paul recognized. Paul recognized his calling. How many of us recognize our calling? Amen. How many of us are going to be honest with ourselves and recognize that we've been called to something bigger? That the Lord has called at the moment we've given our life to Jesus, we are called. We are called in service to the Lord. Amen. Paul was chosen for the ministry of the gospel, right? He was chosen uh, by Christ himself. Amen. It says that it says that he was he was chosen as, as a herald, which is another name for preacher, right? One that proclaims the good news. He was chosen as an apostle. We covered that earlier, one who was sent, right? So he was one who was serving as God's authoritative leader and messenger, but also as a teacher, one who instructs in the word of God. And because of his faithfulness, Paul had been persecuted, right? He was in prison, suffering like a, like a criminal. But in spite of all that pain, in spite of all that sorrow, suffering brought him no shame. And, and 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 no and no regret, you know. I mean, he had no doubts and he had no apologies. Why? Because Paul had confidence. He had confidence in the right person. Who's that right person, church? Type it in if you know it. Who's that right person? I'll give you a hint, huh? He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Paul had confidence in the right person, which is Jesus. Amen. How confident are we in Jesus? Right? Are we persuaded? You know. That, that, that God has the power to, to care for and to deliver us through any obstacle or trial. Huh? I mean, this is what Paul wanted Timothy and all believers to understand that as we commit our lives, uh, the experiences with the Lord, whether they be joys, whether they be, uh, um, sorrows, uh, pain, um, frustration, um, persecution, uh, whether it be ministry, whether it be, uh, a prayer, uh, sustenance, guidance, all that, right? Paul wanted us to understand that that's, that's what teaches us about the God that we serve and trust. Amen? They teach us that, that we can have confidence in a God who is in control of everything. Right? God is in control of all things. No matter what setbacks or problems we may face, we can fully trust God. Amen? We serve a God who will fulfill all of His promises. Amen? How many believe that? Amen. Paul was so confident, right, that he said he's able, right? He's able to guard what I have have entrusted him. Meaning that 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 Paul knew uh God would guard the 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 souls, right? The people that that that, that he won for the kingdom of God. All the people that that he that that were converted through his ministry, right? Through his preaching. Paul had the confidence that God that God would take care of them, that he would guard them and protect them, right? He, he he also he also trusted God that 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 God would guard even his own soul, right? As he as he waited for the second coming of Jesus, he 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 knew that God would take care of him and and protect him and cover him, right? And he was also he was also confident that though he was in prison and facing death, that God would carry out the gospel ministry, right? And guard the teaching, right? That uh, uh, through others such as Timothy. So there's a lot of faith that Paul had in God, a lot of trust that, that we could learn, right? Because we allow things to really, to really, you know, uh, knock our faith around. You know what I mean? But Paul, 
was firm in his faith. He was, he was, he was firm and trusted in God that God had everything covered no matter what. He had everything covered. Amen. So let's look at verse 13. It says, what you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Verse 14. Guard the deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Amen. So Paul, knowing that his, knowing that his death was imminent, right? Knowing that he, he was, he was going to die. He charged Timothy regarding his duties, right? As, as an evangelist. In other words, he, he was telling him, listen, man, you got to stir up the gift in you. You know what I mean? You can't allow fear to take over. You got to stir up the gift that, that God has given you. You can't, you can't be ashamed of, of the testimony of the Lord and for those who suffer uh, for him, right? He's telling them, you got to hold fast to, to what you've heard, to what I've taught you. You know what I mean? And, and you got to keep that. Amen. This is, and this is a duty for all of us, uh, today, right? Regarding all that was taught by Paul and by uh, the other apostles, right? Whether, whether, whether we're evangelists or not, this duty remains the same for all of us believers, all of us Christians, right? That just like Timothy, we have been beneficiaries of, of, of what was revealed, right, by the apostles, right? How many of us have been blessed or how many of us are blessed by the teachings that we find in the Bible, the teachings that we find in Scripture, right? It's a tremendous blessing. Amen? How many of us are blessed when we open up the Word of God and, and just and, and, and the rain of Word just comes up, man, and just, oh, you can smell it like a sweet-smelling aroma. You can smell how God is talking to you. Amen? That's a tremendous blessing. But you know what? Along with that blessing comes responsibility. Amen? We have been given the responsibility to do what? To hold on to God's Word. Amen? To hold on to the, to the teachings that, that we find in Scripture, right? Not only to hold on, but to continue in them, right? This is what characterized of the early church from the beginning. This is this also right here implies that as we continue in them, that we're not just uh, uh, hearers, we're doers. Amen. How many of us want to be doers, right? Not just hearers only, right? But but Paul is also charging us that we got to contend earnestly, right, for the faith, right, and believe uh, that what we have in Scripture has been delivered once for all. In other words. We don't have to go looking for some latter-day revelation because God has given us all, all things that pertain uh, to life in godliness, according to Second Peter chapter 1. Amen? And the scriptures are sufficient to make the man complete, thoroughly complete, amen, for every good work. And we read that in Second Timothy chapter 3. So the question is, are we holding fast, right? Are we holding fast to the teachings uh, that the apostles has given us, right? Are we both continuing in them and are we contending for them? Amen? If we are, then we must do so in faith and in love. Amen? We, we, we have to believe in the sound teaching of Christ with the spirit of love. Amen? Love for God. Love for His Word. Love for, for man, including those that, that don't agree with us, right? Those whom we differ. Paul says that we must safeguard it, right? If we look at the first uh, committal process of the gospel, we can see that the gospel was committed to the apostles, amen? And then the apostles turn around and they committed to faithful men like Timothy, amen? Who then turn around and committed to faithful men who would teach others, right? So 
If you think about it, the fact that you and I are believers, the fact that you and I are Christians today, that's the evidence of previous generations being true to this charge. Amen? They were true to their calling. They were true to the responsibility given to them, right? As, 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 as preachers, as, as evangelists, as, 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 uh, leaders and ministers in the church of God to, to spread the gospel. Amen? Will that same be said of us? Right? Will, will, will later generations be grateful that we were faithful in keeping our duty, right? The teaching of scripture. Amen? That's something to think about. Verse 15 says, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus, uh, I hope I said that right, and Hermogenes. Verse 16, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Paul ends this chapter with a reminder, you know, that with the trials that we face in ministry, that there will be some who will oppose and there will be some who will even abandon us in our time of need. But what I like is that Paul doesn't focus on the negativity. No, instead he focuses on God's provision. That's what's important. Is that when people abandon us, right? Where they abandon us, God provides, right? He provides the the support. He provides the resources. He provides everything that's needed, right? For the minister to be comforted and for the gospel to continue its course according to God's will. Amen. Paul shared with Timothy, that in order to persevere through the struggles and the difficulties of ministry, that Timothy would have to do the same that Paul was doing, or that what he had done. Amen. In other words, that's that's something for us as well. We got to see through through Scripture as Paul is showing Timothy. We got to see what Paul was doing. Paul was was looking through the eyes of faith, and that's what we got to do. We're no different than they were. In the beginning of the church, we're no different. We're going to face trials and tribulations, no matter what 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 the time is. You know what I mean? So we have to see through the eyes of faith, like Paul did. Amen. And we have to depend and celebrate God's grace because we can't do anything without the grace of God. The grace of God is what empowers us. The grace of God is what gets us through it. The grace of God is what provides the resources that we need. The grace of God is what provides the strength and the comfort and the desire and and the power that we need. Amen? So let's go ahead and keep that in mind, right? That as we continue, as we continue in the ministry, and whenever we find ourselves in a situation that, oh man, it's getting tough, remember God's grace. Remember God's grace, right? God's grace is sufficient, amen? Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that you have chosen us, Father, to help build your your kingdom here on earth, Lord. Uh, We know that at times it gets hard, but we also know that your Holy Spirit uh, is with us and helps us, Lord. Your grace is sufficient for us, Lord. That's what your word tells us. And may we never forget that. And may we persevere in the calling that you have given us. And so, Lord, as we as we close our Bible study tonight, we ask that you go with us and that you lead us each day 
to live our lives, Lord, in complete surrender and humility, Father. And may we always be careful to give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.